0: From the truckload quoting page within TIE TMS, you can create a new shipment to instantly display your historical lane average alongside all of the market leading rating intelligence tools. In just a few clicks, you can adjust the quote, add your margin, select your quote response template, and email an official quote right off to the customer from the same page. Request a demo today at tie-software.com to find out how TIE TMS can optimize your quoting process.
1: Welcome back to a and O check call. Today we are covering the world of freight payment. Don't forget to subscribe to check call the newsletter and freightwaves.com if you haven't already. Before we dive into our guest interview, there are some news in the world that you should check out. Automaker Tesla broke ground a few weeks ago on a $375 million lithium refinery in Corpus Christi, Texas. Elon Musk, the CEO, said that the refinery could produce enough lithium to build about 1 million electric vehicles when it's scheduled to open in 2025. As we look ahead a few years, a fundamental choke point in the advancement of electric vehicles is the advance is the availability of battery-grade lithium. This refinery will make Tesla not the only major automaker in North America refining its own lithium. China currently dominates processing and global distribution of lithium. The refinery is the latest Tesla facility in Texas after the company moved its headquarters from Fremont, California to Austin in 2021. Tesla also opened Gigafactory Texas in Austin that same year, where the company produces Model Y electric vehicles. Musk's other companies, SpaceX, The Boring Co., are also based in Texas. This week's Sonar Chart of the Week is the track lane from Nashville to Cincinnati. Spot rates have started a downward trend on this lane as capacity loosens. Outbound tender rejections have decreased 111 basis points week over week, and outbound tender volumes have dropped 3.72%. As long as outbound tender volumes and rejections continue to decline, spot rates will continue their downward trend. The only slightly, the one slightly good thing is that because it's such a short haul of about 270 miles, spot rates will be higher than the long haul alternatives in each market. Today, we are joined by Sean Smith, head of product at Denim. Welcome to the show, Sean. I am very excited to have you today. Hey,
0: thanks for having me. Super excited.
1: This has been a long time in the making. We met at F3, and I pretty much fell in love with denim from the get-go. Yeah, it was the the mini golf pad for me. Best, best conference lure people in tool ever. It was great. Uh, and then, you know, you get captured by the dazzling personalities of
0: denim. Like I got your email last week, and I was like the Robert Williams from Jumanji. I was like, what year is it? Like, how long has it been since we haven't talked to each other? Exactly. But we're here. We're
1: fixing that now. Um, but for those who do not know you or Denim, can we get some background on you and kind of how you got started at Denim?
0: Yeah. So I look after product for Denim. Joined about two years ago. I think it was like the 17th employee or something like that. We're, we're up over 70 now. Uh, prior to Denim, I did another startup in the short haul space. It was a dump truck marketplace, like for Uber for dump trucks. Um, and then prior to that, I spent a bunch of time in consulting at, at Oliver Wyman and, and Pricewaterhouse. And uh, yeah, worked with a lot of big companies and realized that big companies weren't for me. And so here I am.
1: Maybe not, the You don't want to be the the tiny wheel in the in the big corporate machine.
0: Right, right. Small fish, big pond, I think, in that case. Um, but
1: for those who might not know about denim or freight factoring or the difference between financing and everything like that, what is the biggest difference between like a line of credit and factoring, and then also like how is that different from just normal freight payment? Yeah, so
0: a line of credit is like a bigger, more cost-effective credit card. So you can spend whatever you want. You accrue interest based on the days that you have the money out, and then you pay it all back, right? To the extent that that capital is available to you, so you can spend it on like office furniture or carrier payments or whatever, that's that's like your typical line of credit. Factoring is a little bit different. So you take an invoice for a load that you've delivered and the factoring company actually buys that invoice from you and they'll pay you for it. So they'll pay you 90, 95% whatever of the value of that invoice up front. Will We or whoever the factor is will make the payment to the carrier for you on your behalf. We'll go and perform the collections on your behalf from your shipper, and then we'll take our fee on the collection and then we'll give you kind of the remainder so it's a little bit a little bit different uh from from line of credit because it's actually based on the load that you've delivered it in the receipt for that load, so it's really good for for carrier payments
1: was there some advantages of doing something with like a factoring thing versus just kind of doing your own? freight payment situation in house where maybe you handle all of that either as a 3PL or as a shipper like cuz I've worked I've worked on both sides of it but I haven't spent that much time in the actual finance world of it so to me it always seems easier to just kind of do your own freight payment but I also understand all the challenges that come with that so I guess what is kind of the allure of one over the other
0: this has come up a lot recently so like I'm sure as everyone's seen over the news the feds are raising rates we hope that they're done. They might not be done. We don't really know. Uh, These lines of credits are typically priced on like a prime plus. So you get so many percentage points over the prime rate. I think the prime rate now is like 8 or 9% or something. So it's like quite high, right? Um, So that interest rate can fluctuate. Think of like a variable rate mortgage for your house as opposed to like a fixed rate mortgage of the same payment every month. The other thing that's really different is the funds funds that you have available. So as line of credit, you can take it out all at one time. Um with factory, you kind of get it on a on a per invoice basis. And then the use of those funds can be different. So like for the case of factoring, we need to pay your carriers first and then you can use the rest of the money for whatever you want. Line of credit, you can do you can do a bunch of different stuff. Um, the advantages and different disadvantages kind of stem from those big big three differences. So The advantages of a line of credit is that you have control over the payments and you have control over the collection. So you basically just have a relationship with the bank, right? Um, So that allows you to have like a ton of flexibility to to do whatever you want. The advantages of factoring on the other side are you have a fixed fee for this particular invoice, like 1% or 3% or, or whatever it is. The factoring company also manages your AP and AR processes. So... You don't have to have as many folks on staff to manage that sort of stuff. We have brokers at Denim that are doing a you know million bucks a month by themselves, right? They don't have like an administration kind of department. Uh, and if you have a factor like Denim who is familiar with transportation, familiar working with freight brokers, we have a ton of tech that we actually layer on top of it. So like we integrate with your TMS, we provide the accounting specific to your brokerage. We give you insights related to lanes that you've run or um, particular accessorials that you're spending on, provide you a little bit more flexibility based on the type of work that you do. So if you, you know, go to your banker and you ask them what a a POD is, you know, I I think they're going to kind of give you a funny look where, you know, we know these folks, right? And these, are people Now, the disadvantages are um, for the line of credit. The interest is variable, so you can take the up with the up and the down with the down, and you kind of have to like manage that. Um, the other thing about line of credit is that you need to have long-standing, excellent credit in order to be able to do it. So a lot of these small and medium freight brokers and three PLs are not going to qualify. Or if they get one, it's quite small, like it's a MX 20K line or something. And if you're trying to do 500K a month, twenty thousand dollars of a credit line, it's not going to get you very far. Um, so the bar is quite high. For you to be able to get a meaningful amount to be able to actually like run your brokerage on. Um, and then the other disadvantage line of credit, sort of alluded to on the factoring side, is that your relationship is with a bank, doesn't necessarily know you, doesn't build their processes around you, the freight broker, or you, the 3PL. So you have to run all of that overhead yourself. Kind of as you said, right? you've got to hire folks, you've got to have contractors, maybe you're doing stuff offshore, there's people you have to manage, right? There's all those expenses. Um, so that Kind of is a good a good trade off on line credit side. On the factoring side, you really need to be able to use the money first to pay the carrier, and then the rest you can you can use it for whatever you want. And that money becomes available to you as you as you. So if you're running a really high volume brokerage, right, like a decent volume brokerage, this isn't a problem for folks because they can spend money on on whatever they want to spend money on to have those funds available to you. And um, the flexibility is not there as much with with factoring, but we're rolling out some things that we've done in the last few months now that sort of bridging gaps for folks that are looking for a little bit of the the best of both. Um, so you can provide all the tooling and all the kind of services that a factor provides with some of that same flexibility that you get from a lot of credit.
1: I kind of like it. It's like um, like you mentioned, you have to have basically flawless credit as a company to be able to get anything remotely decent from your bank or and no one really wants to have. I mean, I bet that those those points on that MX card would be pretty legit towards if, if if you could work it that way somehow. But, you know, that's not always how someone wants to run their business. I get it. You know, yeah. makes it a yeah, little
0: shippers don't want to pay credit cards. Like, well, good for you. I, I believe in you, you know,
1: like, go for it. Chase your bliss. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not for me, but don't get me wrong. As an individual, I will play that credit card points game till the cows come home. Absolutely. If you're giving me free money, I will absolutely play that game. But I'm also not running a five, like a million dollar empire out of my house. I'm literally just like going and getting groceries and want to get a free upgrade on a flight the next time I go. Like, that's all I'm trying to do.
0: (laughs) No, totally same. But you better believe company dinners. My card's going down first because I'm getting those points.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Because especially if you get those like uh, the casual, uh, the Chase uh, Reserve or the Chase Sapphire, you get like five times, six times. Like you get all the times points on it. And I'm like, oh. (laughs) You get your clear membership too. Skip the line. It's kind of nice. That's a whole other episode, how to hack your credit card. I have done it. I have done the research. Your girl's currently working points to try and get a free flight to Tokyo. So stand by.
0: I love that for us though.
1: So anyway, not really related <laughs> to freight in any way, shape, or form. But hey, you know, if you're a shipper that wants to try to get free free flights to Tokyo, I bet you could get that a lot quicker than I could.
0: We, we get plenty of debates about car points. We I mean in my early in my, you know, work life. Consulting is like a four day, forty eight week travel kind of gig, right? So if you're not playing the game, then you're you're really leaving money on the table. You touched on some of the tech
1: stuff that Denim has. Um, I guess for people who uh, are still cutting checks to their carriers, and yes, it hurts. It hurts to say uh, when someone pays via check in the mail. Which let's agree, it's 2023. Let's stop mailing payments. We don't need that anymore. It's just, it's not it. It's not it. It's not the look. It's not the vibe. Move along. Um, So I guess, do you have to be a certain size of a brokerage to really benefit from some of that tech enabled freight payment or freight factoring stuff? Or is it mostly for like your medium to large sizes or your uh, super big brokerages like your C.H. Robinson's? Or if it's me and four guys in a random office, can we still benefit from some of these tech, these, these tech developments?
0: The the biggest thing about factoring is the credit that you need is based on the shippers that you work with. So you could be a a one day old baby broker and they love you at Home Depot and they just you want a contract and you've got a ton of freight that you need to move. And you don't have to like convince a bank, right, to give you a line of credit. You go to a factor and you say, Hey, here's my contract from Home Depot. By the way, here's my MC number. It's one day old. Like I'm ready to go. And, you know, we will give you the big thumbs up and we'll integrate with your TMS if you have one set up already. We'll integrate with your QuickBooks if you have one. We'll give you all this reporting. We'll help you with some of the workflows, um, help you make sure you don't um, get yourself in trouble. Yeah, so we'll, we're, we're all over it for sure, no matter the size.
1: Just like parents and children, you guys are there to make sure that a tiny baby broker doesn't eat itself off a cliff and do something stupid. You're just like, no, no, we're going to stay on the mountain, not jump off the side of it, no matter how tempting it might look today.
0: Right, right, right. It's like, hey, you remember that contract that you got from a gmail.com address uh, for a ton of money? Let's take a second look together, maybe. We'll just do it together. Just like, just, just some quick homework. Let's double check that at sbcglobal.net. Right. We care our operations people care. we care about us because our money is at risk but we also care about you because we're in this together you know like we're we're in this together um i being said you guys see a
1: lot of like i don't want to say like fraud but like a lot of sketchy shipper deals where you're like hey let's double check this and maybe talk about what a red flag is
0: yeah we we definitely we definitely see our share the that we see we see a lot of is um, especially newer brokers especially in markets like these you see something that's a little too good to be true you feel like it's your ticket right and you're jumping in and you're and you're ready to rip and um, I think a lot of that we provide a lot of those safeguards for clients, right so we'll run these verifications for them we'll check paperwork audits for them we have we have some folks that have signed up um, and have sent us pictures of their licenses that are just like a picture of a hot dog. It's like, all right, well, we're going to check these pictures. You can't, you can't do that. You can't be doing that.
1: I actually really like that. It's kind of that built-in security net, not only for you guys, because, you know, you have the money and could stand to lose the most, but also, just as that added security net for your shipper, if you do have a baby broker that's like, I'm not super familiar with doing this, so we're just figuring this out, and you guys are kind of there to be like, whoa, let's, Let's discuss the definition of a red flag.
0: Totally. I think there's some stuff too where the best practices are not super pervasive, especially among newer brokers. So like getting something like a purchase order and like a reconfirmation confirmation on a load, it's, like, it's generally good practice to get that stuff in writing because at the, when, when the bill comes due and they didn't already agree, right? And all of a sudden we've got a, a question on where the comma is on this particular invoice, like that's going to be a really big problem. You know, I mean, the difference between
1: like a hundred dollars, $1, a thousand, and ten thousand—it's just a couple zeros and a comma. Yeah. You know? <laughs> hey, if I was Jeff Bezos,
0: it really wouldn't be that big of a deal. But um, here we are.
1: I mean, know? I'm sure ten thousand dollars is just like the money that ends up in Jeff Bezos' like laundry. I yeah, we're, that that's we're talking just, about
0: like, credit card points. We're just like, oh,
1: well, if I could save <laughs> forty bucks. <he'll... laughs> Jeff Bezos is like, yeah. No, I have like 10,000 just like in my pocket change. It's fine.
0: <laughs> have the rich guy, $10,000 bill that like only exists for them. It doesn't <laughs> exist for anybody else.
1: I absolutely love it. Um, But I guess kind of how can a good broker use some of the technology offerings to really kind of, aside from, you know, protect themselves from shady deals, how can they use that to really like enhance their operations and, you know, be able to report back to their shippers like, hey, this is how much you're spending. This is how much, you know, you've paid out in claims, maybe,
0: or like what kind of data can they use from this technology? I I think one thing that we we talk about a lot is like the speed limit is the same for everyone. So like, no matter, like nobody here has got crazy drone, you know, 18 wheelers that are flying trucks and are three or four X faster than anybody else. I mean, that would be
1: really cool, though, to just see a truck flying through the sky with like seven drones on it.
0: No traffic. Yeah. The, no, I mean, the, the speed limits are the same for everybody. So providing great service, being able to provide them a the transparency, create the trust that they need to, that they need to create, provide them all the tools you know, give them insights. These are ways that freight brokers can can differentiate today. I think you you saw we we rolled out a manifest earlier this year, this like smart broker program. And um th- this is kind of the newest evolution of freight brokers that we see in, in the market today. It's this like the digital brokers, the convoys and Uber freights of the world that, that we've talked about. And then the smart brokers is like the next wave of of your pen and paper, you know, OT card stacking freight broker. Uh, because they've got tech behind them, they look and feel like a person, a human being. But all of a sudden, they've got you know this this operation that allows them to create a really intimate and deep relationship with their customers, but all the power behind them of some of these gigantic brokerages. I guess what's
1: one of the like one things that you have? What's like your one piece of advice to someone that's still maybe living in the dinosaur age? cutting paper checks to carriers because that's a great idea. It's not. That's sarcasm. Please note that that's sarcasm. What's your one piece of advice to those who maybe are a little hesitant to jump into some of the tech regarding
0: the financials? The biggest barrier that we see traditional freight brokers like going to make the leap is its mindset. It's it's totally all between your ears. Like the Sometimes if you have a long contract, if you've got processes that you're comfortable with, your inertia, I always cut checks at my kitchen table on Sundays, you know, the manual always comes right? And you have this feeling of just like, I don't want to say complacency, but like it works and it's not broken. I I don't want to fix it. But like, if you look around, you look at your peers, you look at what the rest of the market is doing, expectations are changing, right? Competition is getting stronger and as a traditional freight broker who probably has had some success if you've been in this business long enough to where you're still doing quite well and you're cutting checks on your kitchen table on Sundays it's like keep your head on a swivel because you you never know what's coming and being able to link in such an important process around money movement with the rest of your tech right helps eliminate human errors it eliminates i'm out of checks today right like there's a bunch of these challenges out there that that folks who are still running on on these kind of you know non tech um, platforms uh, and being able to move into something that that our smart brokers would want to do.
1: It's kind of one of those. Just because it can be done that way doesn't necessarily mean that it should be done that way. It's not necessarily the wrong way to do it because it's it's not wrong. It's just it's not great. It's not great. No. It's not great. We can be better. We can all do better.
0: Yeah, t- totally. And it's not just payments, right? There's like a huge portion of a of a broker's tech stack that, like, when everything all sings and works together, that there it's it, there's incredible. Chef's money. kiss. Yeah. Chef's kiss.
1: Like we were talking, I was talking the other day to somebody, and we're like, "Yeah, gone are the days where like we wait for a trucker to get to or a driver to get to a truck stop where they can fax us something." No, if you don't, if, if I have to figure out, one, where the fax machine is, two, how to work it, and three, if we even have one that's probably attached to some printer scanner combo, if I have to figure that out, I'm out. I'm out.
0: Mary, I saw on a Factors, it was on a Factors website, uh, I think it was like a week or two weeks ago, it was like, no hard copies required for paperwork. And I was like, why is that even a question? Why are people even asking that that's a thing, that people are mailing hard copies of paperwork?
1: What a wild time 2023 house
0: is. has a front door. It opens and closes. Why do we need to talk about this? Like, it's, a, like it's not a normal thing. Exactly. Maybe, maybe I should start looking in real estate listings
1: to see um, what, if the front door works. Yes, I would I... just assume that it does, but... <laughs> My bad. We got to advertise, apparently, that that's... The- exactly. <laughs> okay. Thing of advertising... Not really. But the one thing that everyone that comes on this show, um, the one thing that everyone comes to the show has to answer, it might be the hardest question you're asked all day. Are you ready for it? I'm so ready. I can't wait. I am very looking forward to this answer. Is a hot dog a sandwich?
0: A hot dog is absolutely a sandwich. A Pop-Tart is a sandwich. A burrito is a sandwich. I am sandwiches for everyone. Everything is a sandwich. If you think hard enough about it, Calzones can be a sandwich. They're all sandwiches. Sean, come on. Come on. <laughs> I
1: see your point and I understand where you're coming from. However, I have to wholeheartedly disagree. Ye- a Pop Tart is not a sandwich. It is a, t- like a, a pop, a, it's a t- pastry. It's not even in the same category. It's got filling, there's breading around it's it. Sealed it's sealed on all sides, there's not a gap in the middle. It's like a pocket more than anything.
0: Yeah, but so is a burrito. Burrito sealed on all sides. A burrito looks a lot like a sandwich. It's not, it's a burrito. It's a cylindrical cube. Hot dog is absolutely cylindrical. But it's not covered
1: with carb- carbohydrates on all sides. What's a wrap? A wrap is a
0: carbohydrate on all
1: sides. That's a wrap. So a burrito is a wrap, but a hot dog is not a wrap.
0: But a hot dog is a burrito with just part of the bread. Chocolate. No,
1: it's not because the bun doesn't go all the way around.
0: It is a top-down convertible burrito. That is what happened.
1: Okay. So if anyone wants to talk to you about these ridiculous opinions or if they have any other for factoring or fruit payment questions, where can they find you outside the show?
0: C- come and find me on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm Sean Smith on LinkedIn. Come, come talk to us at Denim. I'll, uh, I might even join a sales call or two if you, if you hop on and chat with us.
1: I like it. You guys heard it here first. Go to Denim, Denim, Denim to make it happen. Denim, Denim, Denim,
0: Denim. denim, denim. All
1: right, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks. Find check out the podcast anywhere you get your podcasts, like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Don't forget to check out all the other incredible FreightWaves podcasts, such as Tracks Through Time and Truck Tech. Don't forget to subscribe to the newsletter on FreightWaves slash check call. See you on the internet.